Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Appreciate all of you a great deal. We had yesterday another group of five-star reviews that Danny G picked out that we read. We mailed out books that I signed for those of you who sent the five-star reviews. So if you're on the podcast right now and you're listening, go in, give us a five-star, write a funny or witty or humorous, smart review. And if Danny G picks your review and we read it on the air, then you will get an autographed copy of my book. So please go give us a five-star rating there. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. we got a loaded show for you. In hour one, we'll talk with Frank Isola. And then in hour three, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida joins us to talk about a name, image, and likeness bill that he has introduced that would allow all college athletes to be compensated and why that is an important and necessary bill. Good conversation there with him as well about being a Miami Dolphin and a Florida Gator fan. Good discussion all around. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for making this podcast so wildly popular and continuing to send us surging up the rankings. Continue to share the podcast and enjoy as it begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. It has now been, remarkably, 100 days, basically, since American team sports shut down in the wake of Rudy Gobert testing positive for the coronavirus way back in what feels, frankly, like it was eons ago, and I bet many of you feel the same way as I do in Oklahoma City with that game about to tip off between the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've even had a big conversation since then with the governor of Oklahoma who was present at that game as the news came out about Rudy Gobert testing positive. 
what's wild to me is we still aren't back with American team sports and other countries which have had far worse outbreaks are now back. For instance, the English Premier League came back yesterday. England has twice the per capita death rate of the United States. Spain has nearly twice the per capita death rate of the United States, and they've got back La Liga. Serie A in Italy, which has basically twice the death rate of the United States, is also back. And the United States team sports, other than the MLS, which does seem to be coming back July 8th, are still stumbling towards a return, even though we have had a less significant per capita outbreak than many European countries. And frankly, you don't hear very many people in the media even bother to share those facts with you because everybody is so running around with their hair cut on fire, like their hair's cut on fire, that they don't even look at the fact of what other countries have been through. And I, uh, I went and looked uh, yesterday, and, uh, and, and these countries all have worse per capita outbreaks of the coronavirus than the United States. Spain, France, Italy, Belgium, Sweden, and England all have worse per capita death rates than we do in the United States. Netherlands and Ireland, nearly identical. Now, I understand that most people don't look at the actual data. They just look at the raw numbers. But the fact that England is already back now is, I think, a testament to how conservative our American sports leagues have been and, frankly, how unwilling or unable the commissioners, the leagues, the players, the owners have all been to just get things back working. Now, To their credit, in individual team sports, uh, sorry, individual sports, Dana White has been fantastic. The PGA has finally worked its way back. NASCAR has come back. All of those sports have done a decent job of being able to return, but we should be back in Major League Baseball, and we should be back, I believe, in the NBA. Hockey's a little bit different because at least it has major international concerns in dealing with Canada. And, uh, and and frankly, that makes a little bit more sense there. But if you look at what's going on, in particular in Major League Baseball and the NBA, this whole thing is still freighted with too much complexity. And I hate to even start the open of the show here talking about Major League Baseball because every time you feel like, oh, things are getting better, it's Groundhog Day. And we go right back to where we are. So as we speak right now, a little bit after 6 a.m. on uh, the East Coast, the conversation uh, seems to be focused on around a 60-game season. We at least had Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, the commissioner of Major League Baseball and the head of the Players Union, actually meet face-to-face. And their plan, if it ends up happening, that was conveyed by Major League Baseball to the players would start the season would around July 19th or 20th and end on September 27th. Players would be paid their full prorated salaries, a total of $1.5 billion, 
or about 37% of their full season salaries. They would receive uh, uh, more money for postseason play, uh, and the postseason would expand from 10 to 16 teams for the next two years, and a designated hitter would be added to the National League in both years as well. That's a pretty significant change. Uh, The league would donate some money to social justice, and both sides would agree to waive their right to a grievance to ensure that this thing doesn't end up descending into a legal abyss. And uh, and we also would have uh, uh, both sides dealing with the, uh, the realities of the coronavirus for this year and maybe next year too. So that is what would be in the proposed agreement. I would like to just think that it's going to be uh, signed off on and that we will have baseball back by July 19th or 20th. And certainly, at least this disposition where we are now is in a better place than we were for much of the last month or so as this negotiation has been ongoing. But it seems like the players still want a few more games and maybe they come back and they request 70 games and then the owners come back and we end up settling on 65? I I don't know exactly. But the biggest takeaway is players, at least under this scenario that Major League Baseball has proposed, would get their prorated salaries. So 37% of their full season salaries based on the number of games that they are playing. That seems very fair to me. Uh, I thought the, the the idea that seemed the most fair, honestly, was the first proposal that Major League Baseball put out there where they agreed to split right down the middle whatever revenues they're able to create from uh, playing 80 games. Uh, I think it was, was the initial proposal. And uh, they didn't know because they weren't aware of how many games they would be able to play. They weren't aware of whether crowds would be around allowed in some places or not, as it appears that they will. So all of those factors rolled in together uh, are worth uh, worth examining and contemplating. But that is where we are as we uh, as we roll forward. I'm going to bring in the crew here in a minute, but I want to give you an idea, by the way, of where we're headed. Frank Isola is going to join us in the next segment, as he usually does on Thursdays. And then in hour three, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, his office reached out. We've talked some about name, image, and likeness and what the impact might be in college football if uh, in college basketball in particular, if athletes are allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness, and many different states have been passing laws in that arena, well, Marco Rubio is going to be introducing, I believe today, legislation in the United States Senate that would require a federal law that would make sure that every individual state doesn't set its own rules in these cases which could lead to a mess as it comes to recruiting and whatnot. And so we'll be talking with him live at 8.20 a.m. Eastern. And frankly, the reason why his staff reached out and asked if he could come on is because this show is dominating, thanks to you guys, who are downloading uh, the show, who are listening to the show at record levels, even though we've gone 100 days without having any actual team sports in the United States, which is frankly unprecedented. And it feels like the first one back is going to end up being the MLS, although at least 
there's some reason for optimism, maybe a little bit, in Major League Baseball. Danny G, does this seem like a fair uh, fair compromise of sorts for Major League Baseball uh, owners and the players that they would get play 60 games, they would get 37% of their salaries, which is a function of 60 divided by 162, and uh, they would start around July 19th or 20th. It's not perfect. I'm frustrated with Major League Baseball because, in my opinion, they should have been in spring training on May 15th when Arizona and Florida would have allowed it for the first time. They should be playing all of June and all of July. But at this point, I'm so frustrated with them. If they could come back and start playing again on July 19th or 20th, I would at least take that as a positive. Yeah, I hope I'm not being too honest here, but they can all shove it. Um, One of my best friends, I've talked about her before. She lives in Seattle. Her restaurant got shut down that she runs until recently. They had a staff meeting a couple of days ago because they're going to reopen next Monday. But they have to follow all these new guidelines. They're only going to have a few tables inside. And so they don't even know which employees they can help bring back. They're going to have to split a small pot of money amongst themselves they've been making more on unemployment. So yep. I, and she's a huge baseball fan. I was actually talking to her about baseball the other day. I asked her if she missed it. She said, you know what? Those guys can go screw themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's the attitude that all of us feel towards them right now. It's going to take me a little while personally to get over the fact that they couldn't get their blank together a couple of months ago. Here's my issue. My, and there are a lot of issues that I have with them, but Almost always, if you meet face-to-face, the meeting goes better than it would if you're even getting on the phone or certainly if you're just emailing back and forth. And I feel like we see this all the time. On social media, uh, it's, it's very often antagonistic, right? And I think the Major League Baseball negotiation has almost entirely basically played out on social media. Why did it take Rob Manfred and Tony Clark this long to get into a room together and meet face-to-face. This is what I have been saying should be happening for over a month. Make some, like If you put an actually good mediator in a room with Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, I think they would emerge with a working plan. And hopefully that's what we got right now. But I don't understand why this, why we needed a full month of public uh, discord like we have seen when all really I believe is we needed both these guys in the room together to sit down to recognize that they have different perspectives and also to understand that neither side is going to get exactly what they want let's come to a conclusion that seems reasonable look a 60 game season actually seems kind of exciting to me because anything can happen in 60 baseball games. You knock out off 100 games, and no matter how good or bad your team is, everybody's alive in a 60-game season, especially with an expanded postseason. I actually think this is not an awful result. I just wish they had, let's say, gotten to 80 games, and they had already been back playing a while ago, or even 100 games, and they had already been back playing a while ago. Dub, is this result ultimately decent if it happens and what do you think of the whole process it's decent yes but i feel like the original offer at the very beginning that's what i said was was probably the best one of all in my opinion and another thing 
Opening day was supposed to be March 26th, so it, we're <laughs> basically one week short of three months from that date. Yeah. And it took them that long to have a face-to-face meeting with each other. I mean, if this was the NFL, there is no way in hell that it would take three months to get a first face-to-face meeting. I mean, they would have had probably at least half a dozen meetings, I would say. And I think that's what is frustrating so many people is like, how does it take so long to even meet face-to-face to truly get the ball rolling? Because nothing's going to get happened over a bunch of emails and stuff like you just said. you got to be face-to-face to get things done. And they finally seem like they're getting there in uh, 60 games. I think you're right. I think it could add some real excitement because I think one of the biggest problems that baseball has is there's so many games and basically they don't really matter when you when you break it all down. So I think a 60-game season could you know, give them a little bit of a NFL type vibe with, uh, you know, fewer games with meaning that each game is that much more important. So hopefully they're going to get this done soon so we can have some more uh, live sports to look forward to come July. No doubt. Uh, Brian Finley, are you also of the opinion that it was ridiculous that it took this long for the process to play out? No doubt, Clay. And, you know, I think about the the way Rob Manfred approached this, where he goes, yeah, we're going to have a season. Oh, by the way, we're, we might not. It's just like the, the trust issues that come about and how this might affect his credibility. And when you look at a leader and you see him waffling, it's like, well, how do we garner the support for this guy? And then, like you said, it's just the elitist behavior, Clay, just out of touch, and it just looks really bad, bad optics on everybody who's struggling with their daily lives and then seeing all this play out. No doubt. Roberto, 60 games, you're a huge baseball fan. At least that, if they finally get back, would be pretty exciting given how uh, how rapid they would need to get this all done. Yeah, it's going to be good. But like I said yesterday, Clay, you know, they, they should have got together a month ago. Rob Manfred has been a bad commissioner since he started from day one. You know, they were sending emails back and forth and leaking information through the media instead of getting together face-to-face and negotiating in good faith. They should have done, done that months ago. And, but, yeah, I think it's going to be closer to 65 games. Players Union is going to, you know, they're not going to file a grievance. And I think that's what's going to get the deal done. Yeah, so right now they would play 60 games in 70 days. To me, that seems like there's an opening to potentially get to 65 games. Yeah, because there's 10 days off there, so I think it's right. more like five days off only. Yeah, so I could see them getting to 65 games uh, and uh, that being the final resolution of this whole ridiculous standoff. But we'll find out. Hopefully, we get more updates as this day progresses. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be joined by Frank Isola next. He's at the Frank Isola on Twitter, and we'll ask him about the Major League Baseball season, how things are in New York City where he lives, and also what he thinks of the NBA bubble deals finally all being out. That's still to come. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Frank Isola joining us now at the Frank Isola. 
Frank, I feel like I've asked you this a ton uh, over the past uh, several months. Now We've now been 100 days since uh, Rudy Gobert walked off the court, which feels, by the way, like about a thousand days in terms of uh, in terms of how long it has felt to pretty much everybody out there. What is the vibe in your part of New York, in your area of New York City today, compared to the past uh, hundred days? Kind of looking back now. Oh, I, I think the vibe is definitely that a lot of people want to get on with uh, with their lives. But I, I would also say this though, Clay. I think because a lot of us. We're basically in quarantine or locked down for, for three months. And for the most part, everywhere you went in this part of the country, if you were you know on the street, a lot of people had a mask on. Obviously, if you went to a store, people wore one. And people are still kind of doing that because I think people now are of the belief, well, if we put all this time in, like I don't, nobody wants to uh, have some kind of setback where we got to do it over again. But there is definitely this, this feeling of the weather has been great. People are definitely out and about, and people are ready to, to get on with their lives, maybe sit outside at a restaurant, maybe hope that sports comes back. You definitely get that feeling. How important in your mind is sports coming back for an area like New York? Because the reality is everybody in many different parts of the country experienced the coronavirus differently, right? At least so far, the difference between the way, let's say, people in New York City and the way people in Texas or California or Florida have experienced things is quite a bit different. I'm just throwing those out because those are the four biggest states. But certainly the difference between, uh, let's say, New York and South Dakota is 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 a massive magnitude uh, between Montana and uh, Georgia is probably a huge difference. Right. You really kind of notice the scope and width and breadth of this country in looking at the way that we basically had 50 different country outbreaks inside the United States as opposed to one sort of uniform experience that everybody had. But given what you guys went through in New York, do you believe it's even more important to New Yorkers to have sports back than it might be to have people in North Carolina or people in Utah? Uh, I definitely think so. And also, you know, the one thing about New York, you know, if you look at our winter sports, I mean, if you want to include football, you know, the two NFL teams weren't anything this season. You know, the Knicks were terrible. You know, the hockey teams were okay, but it doesn't look like they were going to be champions. The Nets are going to be a playoff team, or they should be, but they're not a championship contender. You know, the Mets always generate a lot of interest, and the Yankees are a World Series champion. So those were kind of the teams that everyone was going to focus on. And then, of course, it's a crazy NFL town, and I think that's what a lot of sports fans worry about here in the New York area. They were hoping that baseball would be back by now, and now they're worried about the NFL. I mean, I would think the NFL would be okay, but going to games obviously isn't going to happen. It's huge for this part of the country, especially in New York where our teams haven't really been that good. The only team really is the Yankees, and they've yet to step on the field. All right, so you've covered sports for a, a pretty decent amount of time now. Can you remember a players union and an ownership group looking worse when you consider all of the circumstances than Major League Baseball right now? Because, look, I know there have been labor disputes and money disputes in sports a lot over the last 30, 40 years. But given where we are as a country, 40 million unemployed, middle of a pandemic, I'm not sure. In fact, I'm very confident that I have not in my life seen anybody look as bad as Major League Baseball looks right now. Now, I hope they finally got the framework for an agreement. But the fact that it took this long is frankly inexcusable. 
Yeah, they always become a little tone deaf because, you know, it does feel like the NFL and you know, college football you could throw in there. It's kind of like the national pastime now. And baseball, yeah. for a lot of reasons, the pace of the game, I, I enjoy it, but I understand why a lot of younger people, it, they're not that attractive to it. But I remember thinking this, Clay, if you go back to when, uh, all the trouble was happening with the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox with the cheating scandal. Yes. And the guys that got fired were A.J. Hinch, and you had, you know, uh, Carlos Beltran lost his job in New York, and uh, Cora lost his job in Boston. Remember, players were involved in that scandal, and none of them got hit. Yeah. Now, their reputations might have taken a hit, but they didn't get suspended or anything because their union is so strong. It's like baseball didn't even want to mess with these guys. In fact, they basically gave them immunity. That's why whenever there's a labor dispute, the the baseball players are a lot different than these than these other unions in sports. Their union is tough to crack. I think the owners made a big mistake here because I think originally when they went to them, they did tell them they were going to give them a prorated salary. I know the language then said, well, if there's no people in the stadium. But once this was going to happen, the players' union in baseball has always been like this. They don't, they don't mess around either. And eventually, in a lot of ways, they end up winning. And the whole thing was a complete mess. And the commissioner looks bad. And come on, Clay, a 60-game season, it's almost like if you get a, an 81-game season, you play half the game. There's something legitimate about that. But 50 or 60 games, that's two months of baseball. Yeah, I think it's going to be entertaining because it, it you know knocks out 100-ish games of, uh, of the season. But to me, ultimately, like when you kind of break it down – it's lunacy that they haven't been playing in June and July. Now, exactly, and and exactly. I think that's what most people believe out there, regardless of whether you're a huge baseball fan or not. Let's go well, into well, the Clay, NBA. I, yeah. Well, let me just say this too. I think you're 100 percent right. You know, if you're playing in June, July, and August, that's baseball. Once you get to September, let's face it, uh, September baseball is exciting from the standpoint that there's pennant races. But once college football and the NFL start up. Baseball in that month, in a way, kind of disappears, and then people are thinking, I'll see you in October when the playoffs start. That's right. And, and look, the positive, if you want to take anything away from this 100 days of, uh, of, of uh, no team sports, is it does appear that starting about mid-July, if baseball can work things out, all the way through, in theory, the Super Bowl, we're going to have the most packed schedule that we have ever seen for sports fans, right? I mean, there, there's going to be – it's going to be like Thanksgiving every day. You know, when you look at that whole stacked table full of food, uh, there, there's going to be a cornucopia, a buffet of sports, the likes of which we've never seen. That's why guys like you and myself who watch sports a lot and have never had a chance to watch a lot of these shows on yeah. Netflix were able to watch shows like Ozark, right. which I think – like, listen, I, everybody talks about all these great shows, and I always – feel bad because I felt like I was watching sports most of the time. Yeah. But this break that we've had allowed us to do that. But you're right. Starting from July to the Super Bowl, it's going to be insane. I mean, even the Kentucky Derby and, and uh, the Masters is going to be going on during all this stuff. Yeah. It's good. By the way, what did you think of Ozark? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I never understood what binge watching was. And then I started watching that. Then I but I understood it. I mean, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't stop watching. I, I really enjoyed it. it was uh, the music was great too, and the acting was uh, terrific. I, I liked it. It was like a really evil, crazy show. Have you watched anything else? Because you are right that people people might think that it's a uh, you know that we're we're definitely complaining about something. Oh, you guys got to watch too much sports for your jobs. But you know, like every uh, average guy out there might be like, ah, it's Monday Night Football. I'm not going to watch it tonight. 
I know that on Tuesday morning, my lead is going to be what happened on Monday Night Football, right? So yep. uh, most of the, or even the NBA playoffs, you know, like I, I, the, the, I would say the downside of doing early morning radio is I don't sleep very much a lot of times when it comes to late night sports going on, but I know what my leads are going to be uh, on the day after. So I'm like you, I don't necessarily have the time that the average person would to binge watch television. So I have watched a lot of shows that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to see. Have you watched anything else? If you had to give people one tip uh, from your uh, quarantine-inspired uh, television viewing, what would you say is your favorite thing that you've been exposed to? Well, Ozark was terrific. I watched Succession. You know, I used to work at the New York Post. Succession, and, I think, is the and, is the is one of the funniest shows that's out there. It's it's tremendous. And when I worked at the Post, you know, Rupert Murdoch, yeah. obviously, still is the owner. And I was young at the time. I think I was, you know, just out of college. And there were times when he would walk in the office, and you know, you really felt his presence there. Like everything would stop in the newsroom. So I mean, Succession is, you know, loosely based, yeah. on him. And I'll tell you, the one that I really liked was uh, Fauda, F A U D A. I've never even heard about, of it. Um, oh, it's it's tremendous. It's about you know the Mossad in uh, yeah. Israel and the Palestinians. It's it's intense. Um, you you would like it. It's intense. Yeah, no, I love Succession, um, and uh, I like Billions, which is on right now. Um, and uh, but I've been kind of keeping up with that one. But I would say Ozark is the one where I think there's 30 episodes through three seasons, and the third season just came out. And so uh, I caught up on that. I'm I'm sampling Bloodline, which my wife told me I would love, and I think I'm going to like it anyway. So we're in a little bit different of a uh, of a world maybe to be able to, uh, to to watch some of these shows in the past because there haven't been sports going on. What do you think? You've covered the NBA for a long time. What do you think about the whole bubble protocol, the 113 pages that have come out? Is this going to work, or do you think ultimately we're going to see some sort of hybrid where maybe the NBA finishes their season and plays, let's say, the first round, and then they ultimately end up going back to empty arenas but at least back to the, the the cities. Because here's why I'm bringing it up. It seems like Major League Baseball, if they get back, is going to be playing in their stadiums in the cities. They're not going to quarantine. Uh, college football and the NFL, it doesn't appear, are going to quarantine their players. Uh, MLS, eventually, it seems like their quarantine is going to end. I feel like the NBA uh, is being hyper, hyper protective of its players in a way that we're not seeing NASCAR, UFC, or golf, or any other sport, none of them are requiring a bubble. Yeah, and I think if you look at the hotel breakdown, you know, clearly the higher-seeded teams are all staying together, so it's a way to kind of keep them apart from probably the teams that they feel like will be eliminated. That's always been my thought. Why can't you? And I was kind of hoping that at some point someone will ask Adam Silver about that, because I think that is one of the biggest issues with the players it's not the fact that they have to go down there maybe play some games it's right. the fact that you could be down there two and a half to three months and i get it you know the average person is gonna say well tough luck you make a ton of money i understand that but you know for the most part everyone has been shut down for three months and now you're asking the players to shut down for another three months i my my thing has always been why not just go down there have your training camp play your uh, eight games, maybe play the first round, and then move on, because at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think the players, you know, could probably accept that and understand that a little bit more. Because even a team, for example, like the Phoenix Suns aren't going to make the playoffs, but they're going down there. They're still going to be there for five weeks. Yeah. 
five weeks, and they're not even they're not even going to make the playoffs. So if you're looking at these top end teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto, Boston, you know, two of those teams are going to be there for three months. And, you know, these guys, the NBA players too, they're conditioned that at this time of the year, you know, they're off. The NBA draft is scheduled for next. Was supposed to be next Thursday. NBA players are used to be off in July, August, in September. Instead, not only are they going to be playing, but you're sending them away somewhere to play. Maybe things would change. I had an NBA owner last week tell me that it's not out of the realm of possibility that things could change, and maybe at some point they could play games back in their home arenas. Well, the reason why I think it's it's an adjustment that would make sense is they're going to look ridiculous if we have fans present for many different NFL and college football games, and I believe we will, and that begins in basically September, and then the NBA is still playing with no fans present for the next six weeks. Uh, Again, amusement parks are open. You've got casinos open. Uh, I don't believe that this virus is just going to disappear because it's almost impossible to just eliminate a virus, right? It's always out there circulating. But the positive is, if you look at the trend lines overall, they continue to move in a positive direction. And I think we're likely to end up in a better place by July 4th and certainly by uh, September 1st or Labor Day than we are right now. Could I be wrong? Certainly. People have been wrong a ton. But that's going to make the NBA situation look even more ridiculous. Like I've been saying ever since this plan came out, it seems like an April plan that's not being implemented until August. Yeah, I, I, I think I think there's some truth to that. And again, that's why I would think that maybe the NBA should be open to the idea of trying to adjust on the fly if things were to change a little bit. You know, you talk to a lot of NBA coaches. The one thing they're worried about with the players, it's not even so much physically what kind of condition they're going to be in because the serious players will be in good shape. You know, those are the guys, you know, there's only going to be a handful of guys that probably don't take themselves or their profession seriously enough and won't be in good condition. The big thing they think is going to be having guys mentally engaged to, you know, for something that uh, that's going to be this long. Think about it, Clay. In the first round of the playoffs, let's say you've already been there for about five, six weeks, and your team falls behind 0-2 in the first round. Well, what do you think the rallying cry is going to be? We can do this? Or is it going to be, you know what, if we lose two more games, we can get the heck out of here and yeah. go home? You know, that, that, that's that, that, I'm not saying that's going to be the case in every playoff series, but I think early on it certainly could be the case. Yeah, it's going to be like Survivor NBA Playoff Edition, which yeah. honestly would be a great reality show. You know, you're going to extinguish yeah. everybody's uh, everybody's torch like they've been doing for 20 years or so, however long that Survivor has actually been going on. You are a big soccer guy. Um, the English Premier League is back. Credit to them, the EPL, for being able to get back. For people out there that might be starving for daily sports, and maybe they're not – Korean baseball organization is not getting their their cup of tea. Maybe the Bundesliga is a little bit too far removed. The English Premier League is pretty outstanding entertainment. What would you tell people out there who are desperate for sports and listening to us right now about why they would and should sample the English Premier League and might like it if they did? Well, I'll say this, though. They started off yesterday. The first game was Aston Villa, who's one of the worst teams in the league, against Sheffield United, which is a good team, but not really a popular team. It would almost be like the NBA yeah. after all this time off coming back and having Phoenix play the Washington Wizards yeah. in the first like national game. That that probably was a mistake. But I think people enjoy it. Like Liverpool this weekend plays Everton, and the two stadiums are basically separated by a park. 
Yeah. They're both in the same area, and this is, you know, incredible rivalry. I, I think the one thing that soccer has going for it, and I listen, I understand people who don't like the sport, they're going to roll their eyes, but if it's a great game or a terrible game, it's only going to be a two-hour experience. Yeah. You know, like, baseball can't say that. Baseball, if there's a bad baseball game, it could be three and a half to four hours. And so if a soccer game is terrible, it'll go quick. But the English Premier League is the best league in the world. It's a, it's a physical league. It's fast. There usually is a lot of scoring. I think the games will get better now that the teams are finally getting back and playing. But watch Liverpool against Everton on on Sunday because that's a rivalry game. And even without fans in the building, it'll be intense. Outstanding stuff as always. Frank Isola, we will talk to you next week. Have a good uh, weekend. Thanks, Clay. That's at the Frank Isola. When we come back, more on Major League Baseball potentially returning, a little bit of uh, updates out there. And then at the top of hour two, I did something unique. I went and got tested for the coronavirus, not because I'm afraid that I have it, but just because we've spent so much time talking about it, I wanted to know what a test was actually like. And so I'll talk to you about it at the start of hour two, what that process was like and what the experience was like. Probably some of you out there also wondering what it's like. And I'll explain my uh, my rationale. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! 
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Ryan Finley, what update you got for me? Yeah, you got it, Clay. PJ Tour, in its second week back, has announced everyone in the field this week and last has tested negative for COVID-19. And one golfer, Ian Poulter, even filmed himself getting the COVID-19 test with the swab shot way up his nose. And perhaps, Clay, that was something like your experience when you had the test done. That's what I did. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I can't speak to every single different place where you get tested in the country right now uh but they have drive up testing here in the nashville area where i live and they aren't restricting testing to just people who have symptoms so i'm going to talk about this an hour too because i was you know kind of thinking to myself as uh, as the process has played out and we've spent so much time talking about the coronavirus and its impact on sports and daily testing and what that might be like and so I, I thought to myself, I should at least go and experience what this is like at some point in time. I don't think any of you, has anybody else on the show been tested for the coronavirus? I don't think so. I, yeah, I have not. Yeah, anybody else? Nobody else. So no. I, think the, I think the majority of my listeners out there have not been tested either because fortunately you felt healthy. And I didn't want to do it early on when there was this huge lack of testing availability. But in the state of Tennessee where I live, you don't have to have symptoms. Anybody who wants to be tested for the coronavirus can go out there and be tested. So yesterday after the show, I got into the car and I was like, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I've got my kids, by the way, at, uh, at, at, at camp, uh, right? So we've returned in many ways to normalcy in the state of Tennessee and so, uh, so I was like, you know what? I want to go check and see what this process is like. So to start off hour two, I'm going to walk you all through what it was like. But 
I knew it because we know in some way it appears that athletes are going to be getting tested a ton. If it's not daily, it's certainly going to be weekly, whether it's NFL, whether it's PGA, whether it's Major League Baseball, NBA, all of these different testing protocols are going to be in place. And, uh, and, and so as a result, you want to know, or at least I did, hey, what does this process actually look like? So I'm going to walk you through to start off hour two exactly what happened to me. I was, you know, taking notes on my phone as I went through. They said you couldn't film it. So Ian Poulter uh, may be able to film his test and show people what it looks like. Uh, but uh, there were signs up that said no filming uh, at, the, uh, at the event, that, at the location where I went uh, that allowed me to, uh, to drive up and test. Uh, and so I will explain all that process coming up next. We're also going to have an animal Thunderdome uh, but I also want to encourage you guys out there, go give us five-star reviews. Danny G, you've been reading them. We sent out the first batch of books for the five-star reviews that you read and you flagged as being the best ones. Yeah, dozens and dozens of these are coming in. In fact, I read about 30 new ones just last night, so keep them coming in. Yeah, so you can uh, go download the podcast, by the way. Right now, as we speak, we are the fourth biggest podcast in all of sports uh, and the highest ranked show that is actually on terrestrial and satellite radio on a daily basis live. So obviously all podcasts, there are a lot of podcasts unique, like Bill Simmons, for instance, is above us. His podcast is a uh, podcast unique. I did the Fighter and the Kid podcast, which is also one of the biggest podcasts out there. Um, And uh, I did that yesterday. So I'm a guest on that one. It's also ranked above us, but we are the highest rated sports talk radio show in the entire country right now. So thank all of you for downloading this podcast. If you're listening right now and you think, oh, I only heard 15 minutes of the show. I want to make sure that I grab everything. That's the thing to do is just go go sign up for the podcast. You can hear Marco Rubio, who's going to join us live, Senator, to talk about the name, image, and likeness bill that he's introducing at 8.20 a.m. Eastern in the third hour of this show probably going to be breaking news in that conversation, particularly if you're a fan of college athletics and you might otherwise miss it. So that is where we are headed. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I went and got coronavirus tested. What was it like? What could you anticipate if you had done the same? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Major League Baseball, the latest proposal. For those of you waking up right now, you just heard uh, a little bit of the details, but potentially a 60-game season would start July 19th or 20th in September 27th. Baseball players would make 37% of their full season salaries. That's based on playing 60 games out of 162. Baseball players probably want more games, but at least we are working towards a conclusion. If I were predicting anything, and God knows that predicting anything in this Major League Baseball negotiation has been fraught with peril, my best approximation would be that we are likely, again, we are likely, if you look at the overall data, I think we are likely to end up in a situation uh, where we end up with like around 65 games being played. Because right now, baseball is proposing 60 games in 70 days And I would think baseball, the players will probably come back, hey, we want 70 games in 70 days. And Major League Baseball will say, how about 65? And my bet would be that we end up around 65 
before all is said and done. But it should be over. It should be back done, and they should be playing now. So we'll see. Hopefully, my hope is that we can have a deal worked out in the next couple of days and officially be back to work. Uh, One of the things that will happen if Major League Baseball players get back to work is we'll have a lot of tests going on of athletes. And let me explain uh, what I mean by testing being a good thing. Testing is a good thing because by and large, we are catching more people who otherwise would not know they have the coronavirus as we are expanding testing. And that includes athletes. So one of the reasons why I'm not sitting around like, oh my God, look at how many people at the University of Texas or the University of Alabama or Ohio State or wherever it is are testing positive for the coronavirus is because all of those players that are testing positive when they return to campus are guys that would have been sick and never known by and large they were sick. Same thing with NFL players like Ezekiel Elliott, but for the testing that is taking place. And so... The PGA is getting players tested all the time. Major League Baseball would be doing it. The NBA will. NASCAR, I imagine, is doing it. The UFC is doing it. And when you increase testing, there are going to be a lot more people who are testing positive. And look, one of the challenges we've got in the media today is the media grabs the most sensational, fear-porn-laden facts, and they broadcast it everywhere for you guys. That's why I say all the time, my goal with you, and I think the reason why our audience is surging is, you may not agree with everything that I say opinion-wise, but you trust that I'm going to get the facts right. And the facts are, let me talk about the state of Florida, for instance. We're going to talk to Marco Rubio, who's a senator from the state of Florida, about name, image, and likeness in hour three, live on this program at 820. But the facts are, Uh, According to Governor Ron DeSantis, who put these out a couple of days ago and they got almost no attention, while the number of people testing positive in Florida is increasing, the average age of people testing positive is plummeting. It used to be that the average age of a person who was testing positive in Florida was 65. Now it's down to 37. And you might be out there saying, well, why does that matter? If you are under the age of 50, According to the Wall Street Journal over this past weekend, you are more likely to die in a car driving to work in much of the country than you are to die of the coronavirus. That's a stat that hardly gets any attention because it doesn't terrify people. But if you are under the age of 50, which is, by the way, like two-thirds of the people who live in the United States right now, if you are under the age of 50, you are more likely to die in a traffic accident in many parts of this country than you are driving to work than you are to die of the coronavirus. State of Florida put out a bunch of data. Since April 15th, the number of people hospitalized in Florida, even as the number of cases continue to rise, is down 43% for ICU, I should say. The number of people that are on ventilators is down 56% in the state of Florida. And the number of people that are dying continues to decline. You might say, well, how can you have more cases and fewer deaths? It's because young people, by and large, are asymptomatic or they have very mild cases, and that is who is testing positive now. As many people are going back to work, they are getting tests, and they are testing positive, which means that suddenly they find out they had the virus. They didn't even know that they had it 
which is the way the vast majority of people experience if you're young and healthy this coronavirus. So that's why I've been arguing that the policy that should have been in place for months is we protect people who are in nursing homes and who are elderly and in severe danger and we let everybody else go back to work. And so instead of losing 40 million jobs, we should have just locked down nursing homes and kept everybody else working and we would have been in a much better place. And actually, if you look at the data, around half of all the people who have died in this country of the coronavirus have been in nursing homes. Nursing homes represent 0.6% of the overall population. The state of Florida, the governor put out, doesn't have a single person in the entire state who is under 18 years old that has died of the coronavirus. In Pennsylvania, more people over the age of 100 have died of the coronavirus than people under the age of 45. The average age of death is older than the average age of death life expectancy-wise in this country. That's a stat that hardly gets any attention. Let me repeat that. The average person dying of the coronavirus is older than the average age of death in this country. All that stuff is wild. So I've talked a lot because it's been at the very essence of sports being shut down for 100 days. I've talked a lot about the coronavirus and we've talked a lot about testing and around 500,000 roughly tests are going on every single day in this country. And I can't speak for what the particular testing rules are in every state out there right now. So people are listening to us right now in all 50 states. And I can't speak in specific terms for what the rules are in your state. But I decided, I've been thinking about doing this for a while, I decided to actually go get a coronavirus test here in Tennessee where I live in the Nashville area. And so my wife looked it up because I was like, I want to do this as efficiently as possible. Like I don't want to sit in a, in a, in a, in a you know, testing center in a waiting room for some long time. And she was like, okay, they have drive-through testing. So I live in an area of Nashville, full disclosure, called Franklin, Tennessee. It's a little town about 20 miles roughly outside of downtown Nashville. It's in a county called Williamson County, right south of town. If you've ever driven through the Nashville area on 65, as soon as you go south of the city, you run right into the county that I live in. Uh, and so I was like, okay, where do I go? And they have, it's really pretty smartly designed. They have a, uh, an area, a fairgrounds area in Williamson County where they would have like the state fair, county fair, whatever you want to call it. And they have a livestock uh, uh, arena, I guess you would call it. I'm not sure what you would call it. But you know how you can walk in livestock and then there's a bunch of uh, uh, seats that surround kind of that arena. Well, that's where they're doing the testing, the Ag Expo, the Agriculture Expo. And so at 10 a.m. in Nashville, they start the drive-through testing, and it goes from 10 to 2 every day, at least right now. And so I showed up right at 10 a.m. There was a line of cars waiting, not a very long line, but you just pull right up. You never have to get out of your car. There are two lines, and you uh, there's a state trooper there who's kind of directing traffic. 
There are a bunch of workers. They're in their PPE gear. They walk up. You roll down your window. You give them all your information. They write it down, put it on your windshield, and you drive through. And then uh, somebody comes up in the PPE gear, and they, uh, they tell you to close your eyes and think about something else, which, by the way, when somebody tells you to close your eyes and think about something else, not a good sign. But then you tilt your head back, and they have these long, like, nasal swabs. I guess they're probably called, but it's probably, I don't know. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's it probably, God, I don't know, 12 inches, 10 inches, something like that, that they're holding. It feels like a wand. You know, like if you watched Harry Potter, it's like they're holding a wand, except it's skinnier than that. And you tilt your head back, and they swab all the way up, way up in your nasal passages. By the way, they ask you to blow your nose right before you do it. Uh, they go all the way up to the you know, what feels like the very top of your nasal passage with one of these uh, one of these pr- probes, and then they do it with the other one. the uh, The way that I would describe it is if you've ever gone and jumped in a swimming pool or a lake, and you your nose was wide open and you just sucked up water, and your nose like it, the water went all the way up your nose. That's kind of what it felt like. It's unpleasant, but it's super short in terms of the duration. I would probably, if I had to choose, I would rather get a nasal swab than I would, I think, give blood, right? Kind of put it into context for people out there. If you, I would rather get a nasal swab certainly than get my finger pricked. I hate getting my finger pricked. I'm kind of a wuss about that. Uh, and I don't really like needles. So I don't like getting my blood taken for, you know, a physical or anything like that. Uh, I'm still kind of a wuss around needles. So I'd probably rather get my nose swabbed. But then they just, uh, they put the nose swab in there and they tell you, hey, uh, you're going to get your results. They, now they did, uh, the one downside I would say is they said, hey, your results, they could take up to a week. You can give them your cell phone number. You can give them an email address. And uh, they just call and tell you, or if they can't get you on the phone, they will email your results uh, when they come in. So I did it. So I have been tested. I feel fine. I feel 100% perfect. I didn't want to get tested when there was some sort of mass shortage of tests because I didn't feel like it was was in any way necessary. It still wasn't. But I feel as if we have talked about this so much on the show and all these athletes are going to be getting tested as well on a daily basis, that I thought, why not go do it? Oh, and the other thing is, it only took me 15 minutes. So I didn't have to leave my car. And again, I can't speak to any other state. But in the state of Tennessee, I didn't have to leave my car. It took 15 minutes for me to go through the drive through basically, and get the testing done. It couldn't have been any more efficient. It couldn't have been any more smooth. And again, I can't speak to how everybody is doing when it comes to conducting this testing. But all of the employees there were moving super fast. It was sudden. It was it was just very well organized. It was very well done. And I was kind of stunned by how fast it was. So that's my story about getting tested. Do you guys have any questions? Because I don't think anybody else has been tested. I'll start with you, Danny G. Any questions about what my coronavirus... It's obviously different than what athletes will have because they'll have their own, you know, 
team of doctors or nurses that will be doing this for them. But it felt super, super smooth. And I, I wouldn't be nervous about it. Like if you told me that I had to get, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to get tested every day. But if you told me I had to do it in order to make millions of dollars to do my job, I'd be like, sure, this is no big deal. <laughs> and now we know you're scared of needles. I, I'm not a uh, needle guy. I've talked about that on the show before. Yeah. I don't like getting my finger pricked. Like I, I have a lot of sympathy for my kids when we go to the doctor and they're like, dad, are we going to get shots? I'm like, I hope not. <laughs> I hope I don't get it. I don't hope I don't have to get blood drawn either. But so um, you couldn't get a tattoo then. Oh, I, I no. I, you would I, cry. I had a chest tattoo done a couple of years ago. It was five hours of intense, just, and I have a high threshold for pain. I think I would rather have pain than an uncomfortable feeling. You're saying it's uncomfortable. I hate when a doctor says, all right, this is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But it, I, it was kind of like so LASIK fast. eye surgery. There's a, yeah, there's a 0% chance that I would ever get a tattoo, for instance. I just think the purpose of it is it makes no sense to me. And I would like, why would I let somebody put a needle on me when they don't have to? So yeah, I have zero interest in getting a tattoo. How uncomfortable was it? Scale of one to 10. I mean, for me, it wasn't as uncomfortable as getting blood drawn, but I think it depends on everybody's different, right? In terms of, I mean, the, 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 the swab goes way, yeah. way up your nose. Did it I mean, feel like they were like poking the, the, your brain almost? Yeah, That's I mean, what I, I don't think, I, I don't know. I never knew that you could push a swab that far up a nose. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it definitely felt like, uh, like it was way up there and it's an uncomfortable feeling, but it's not like, um, I mean, I, again, I would easily do it. If you told me right now, Hey, in order to make millions of dollars a year, and I don't even know that they're going to use the nasal swabs for every player. I think there are also other tests where you could get your finger pricked or, you know, other aspects. But to me, it wasn't that bad. And, And what blew me away was, I mean, 15 minutes. Like, when you think about the amount of time that you usually spend when you go to the doctor's office, how much time do you spend in the weight room? How much time do you spend when they bring you back to that next room? I mean, it, to me, it's almost impossible to go to a doctor's office and not spend at least an hour there, right? It doesn't matter what you're going for, but it's very rare that these places are so efficient that like you go in and you're back out in 15 minutes. That's what blew me away about this process was just how efficient it was. Flashback to when this all started in March. It was so hard to get a test, even for those that had symptoms. Yeah, and so you don't, huge uh, difference. Yeah, I think that, the and again, I can't speak for all 50 states, but at least in Tennessee, you can just get in your car, drive up, get tested, and you don't have to have symptoms at all. By the way, no cost. Like, there's zero cost at all. So it's completely 100% free. Uh, Dub, any questions from you about this? No, but it's funny you mentioned this because I was on the phone with one of my friends the other day, and he is planning on going to see his grandparents this weekend. So yeah. he went and he went and got a drive-through test. He lives in Georgia. He said he went to a CVS pharmacy, got the test through the drive-through pharmacy window, and he did the test himself in his car. Went back around, handed it to him, and they're going to give him his results in like two days. So it yeah. seems like. You know, at least in Tennessee and Georgia, this drive-through testing option seems pretty readily available for pretty much everybody. Yeah, I mean, you don't even literally have to get out of your car. I mean, you just roll down your window. I mean, and again, there are a lot of other ways to be tested. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying you can't go to a diagnostic center, and I'm not saying specifically what the testing uh, possibilities are in your state or city. I'm just saying where I live in the Nashville area, this drive-through testing was super simple to do. And, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that. We're talking 
about going back down to Florida for July 4th uh, for that week. And my wife's dad and uh, her stepmom are potentially going to be joining us there. They're up in Michigan. And so if we're going to be staying with them for the week, I was also like, well, there's no harm in getting tested because I can at least, it's not like I am getting exposed very often to people. Like by and large, I work from home, you know, like my kids are out and about, but it's not like we're interacting, going to, you know, massive events. We might go to a restaurant, but it's just us. So uh, that that's also a positive. I'd like to get antibody testing too. If somebody out there in uh, in the audience is like, is doing that, I would be curious just to get tested because, you know, prior to anybody even realizing the coronavirus was there, uh, I, for instance, was at the Super Bowl where they think it might have been circulating, and I was shaking hundreds of hands a day. So uh, so I might have been exposed to it. I might have already had it. Who knows? Um, but I wouldn't mind uh, getting an antibody test as well just to see how that goes. Uh, any questions from you uh, uh, about this uh, process, uh, Brian Finley? You know, Clay, it's interesting that you pointed out that just because there are more cases that are being announced doesn't mean that the percentages of more people are getting it in the sense of the the rate of infection based upon more tests are readily available. And you pointed out, Clay, that it can be convenient for some who work in media to just point out the amount of cases and just yeah. go by that and run with it. Yeah, we basically stayed for the last couple of weeks right between a 4 and 5% rate of positivity. And what that means is even as we're now doing roughly 500,000 tests, the numbers of new daily cases have somewhat stayed steady, but the number of people that are being tested has increased massively. So we're talking about, on average, 95 or 96 percent of all people being tested across the country right now are coming back negative and what we've done is we've started to catch more people like in the state of florida i was giving you an example of younger people because a lot of people are getting tested as a precondition potentially to go back and restart their work and what we're finding is a lot of these asymptomatic cases people who would have never otherwise known they had it maybe i've got it Maybe, I, maybe my test is going to come back positive and I never even had a single symptom and I'll find out that I, that I have it. You know, I mean, it's possible. And, uh, and I think that's what's happening with a lot of younger people out there who are getting tested that would have never gone in to get tested otherwise. The number of cases is staying around the same, but the severity of those cases is diminishing because we're finding out this is far more prevalent than maybe a lot of people thought from the get-go. Uh, any questions from you, Roberto? Uh, when they when they're doing that thing, putting it up there, does it does it? You said it's uncomfortable. Is it like uh, uh, feel like your um, your breathing is being uh, no because some way, it, no because it's so fast. Like okay. it, it's not as like I I didn't have my phone out to time it. I mean that would have been an interesting idea. I was the only thing they they said not to film, so I was trying not to be on my phone uh, very much while I was waiting in the in in the fifteen minute line, uh, but. They said that, uh, you know, that it's going to be, you know, uncomfortable. Think about something else while they're doing it. But it was pretty fast. And, and, uh, and I would say I, it's a good question. Like, how long does it seem? You know, when something's, when something's painful, it seems like it might be longer. But I, I think it was no more than five or ten seconds at most for each nostril for them to go all the way up, swab around, and then pull back out and put it in to, uh, to allow the testing to occur. I'll open up the phone lines. I bet there's a lot of you that are uh, curious about what is involved in this process. 
Uh, we're scheduled to have uh, Marco Rubio, Senator from Florida, on in hour number three at 8.20 a.m. Eastern. Also, we've got some audio. Donald Trump was asked about Colin Kaepernick coming back to the NFL. We'll play that for you as well. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Again, opening up the phone lines uh, for the Thursday edition of the show for the first time, 877-996-6369. If anybody out there wants to ask me questions about that testing, I thought it would be interesting to do. I did it, and uh, now I know what the athletes will be going through Uh, and what the testing process is like, at least to some degree. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o -O who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their yokohama test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Uh, we got some people who want to weigh in, ask questions, try to be as honest as possible, went through, got tested for the coronavirus. Uh, and I'll take some of your calls, then we'll get some updates. We got some Animal Thunderdome coming your way. And next hour, we're going to be joined by Senator Marco Rubio of Florida to talk about the name, image, and likeness bill that he is planning on introducing in the United States Senate, I believe, today. Uh, Dub, who should we go to? Who's up first? Uh, we got Keith in L.A. Keith, what, what you got for me? Can you hear me, Clint? Yeah, we got you. Hello. Yes, we are here. Hey, you cut out. Yeah, hang up on Keith. We don't, we don't cut out. All right? By and large, let me just tell you this. We are on all 50 states. We are on satellite radio. We are... Right now, the highest-rated and most-downloaded sports talk radio show, according to iTunes, in the entire country. I am going to be here. When I go to you to talk, if there is a mistake, it's probably going to be on your side, not our side. All right, who's up next, Dub? All right, let's try again. We got Jeff in Pennsylvania. Jeff, what you got for me? Good morning. How are you, Clay? I'm excellent. Hey, I just uh, wanted to let you know, my wife, due to protocol, she had to go get tested the other day for the first time, and she was just feeling ill. But anyhow, they did the same thing as what you're saying here in Pennsylvania. But she just did a drive-up. She said it lasted about five seconds. Yeah. And just a little uncomfortable. So it's it's the same way here. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, the, uh, look, I, I, I was blown away by how smooth it was. Uh, and, and I was expecting, like, I was like, how long am I going to have to sit in this car? You know, I brought my newspapers. I, I'm an old uh, old man. I still carry around newspapers. So I brought the Wall Street Journal and New York Times with me. I was like, well, I can just read this. I've got Wi-Fi in the car. So I was like, I can watch a television. Like, I, I thought it might take, you know, an hour and a half or something. I went straight through in 15 minutes. Didn't have to give anything other than my information. Was super smooth. Who's up next, Dub? Right, we got a couple more here. We got Mike in Wisconsin. Mike, what you got for me? Hey, good morning. A couple of comments and a question. Uh, I too had the test about two weeks ago. Very simple. 
I'd give it about a four out of ten on the uh, uncomfortable scale. And if I had a few million bucks waiting for me, I'd do it every day, like you said. Yep. I also appreciate your comments and the statistics on the COVID virus, and uh, which leads me to my question. I've got uh, season tickets to the Badgers and Packers. What what are what do you think are the chances of actually having fans in the stands for those sports? Thanks. Yeah. I, look, I I think we're gonna have fans in the stands by state. So I think one of the complicating factors is going to be, for instance, I talked about this, I think, last week on the show. Let's talk about the NFL, just to be simple, because everybody can kind of understand it. I think it's possible that in the AFC East, the state of Florida, where the Dolphins are located, is going to have fans. But I think it's also possible that in New England, and in New Jersey, which is where the Jets play, even though they're the New York team, and in New York State, where the Bills play, I think it's possible that there aren't fans allowed in any of those venues. I So I can see an argument for where the Miami Dolphins are allowed to have, let's say, 50% capacity, and other states aren't. I'll give you an example again where I live in the state of Tennessee. On July 15th, they are planning to have... 30,000 fans present for the race in Bristol. That's 20% capacity. The Bristol Motor Speedway can seat 150,000 people. Well, if they're allowing 20% capacity on July 15th, then the first weekend in September, when the University of Tennessee is kicking off, I can't imagine that they're not also going to allow at least 20% capacity in Neyland Stadium which would mean around 20,000 people could get in. I think it'll probably be higher than that. I would think probably close to 50%. I think there'll probably be around 50% capacity there. And I think it's very likely that we would have around 50% capacity for the Tennessee Titans come September as well. But my state might be different than yours. We already know in the state of Texas, they can already have 50% capacity. So I think around 50% capacity is going to be pretty standard in many states in this country. But I also think that, say, New York State and California, they may not allow that hardly at all. So I think it's going to be by state. So for your state, Wisconsin, you were just asking about the Wisconsin Badgers and the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. I do know that the Wisconsin Supreme Court ended the lockdown in Wisconsin and things are back up and running and normal, and they haven't seen any sort of significant spike to be concerned about. And that's been, by and large, the case around the world as the lockdowns have ended. We haven't seen some massive spike uh, that's uncontrollable. Doesn't mean we might not see it some places or there might not be issues in all 50 states as we come back. I mean, remember, a lot of the places never, ever saw any kind of curve at all. Right, Like New York, it had a massive spike and then it's come back down like it did in Europe. But in most of the country, outside of the New York area, we never really saw any kind of spike at all. So there may be a little bit of a rise in Texas and Florida and maybe even California. But by and large, we never saw like the out-of-control rise in New York And so whatever the numbers are, they're small magnitude compared to uh, elsewhere. And I'll give you an example. Uh, On the data, if you look at it, 
Um, people are talking they're, they're worried about Florida now or whatever, and I just ran through a lot of the data from the state of Florida. Uh, but if you look at the numbers and just look at the data, don't watch television news. Don't let them terrify you. Don't let them convince you that the world is going to come to a close because that's what they all do on television news. If you actually look at the numbers, we got states that have been shut down for months that are still posting higher death rates than states that have been open for a long time. I'll give you an example. Illinois. You poor bastards in Illinois haven't been able to do anything for months. Yesterday, 87 people died in Illinois. Well, the state of Texas has been open for months now and 43 people died in the state of Texas yesterday. Florida has been open for months now as well and 25 people died in the state of Florida. So you got states like Massachusetts, Illinois, New Jersey, and New York that have been shut down forever that still are posting more deaths than states that have been open for months. So uh, we'll see how exactly the data goes, but all of the numbers are trending down in a big way in terms of deaths because by and large, the people that are getting infected now they are less likely to have severe issues than the people who were getting infected early on. And really, the biggest failure, I would say, of this process in general has been uh, allowing the virus to get into nursing homes because that's where roughly half of all the deaths have taken place. If we had just kept this virus out of nursing homes, it would have been less significant in terms of deaths than a severe flu season. Kind of putting it in a perspective. The numbers have gotten a big in the to the extent that they have because of nursing home deaths. Anybody else waiting, Dub? Yeah, we got one more here. Shane in New York. Shane, what you got? Hey, good morning, uh, Clay. Just uh, two quick notes. One on the testing uh, with the antibody test. I've had two done uh, in May. Um, definitely encourage your audience to get, the, get that done. Now, that's a blood, uh, right? That's a blood test, the antibody test? Yeah, you're in and out in 10 minutes. Uh, if you can, get it through Abbott because they have a 99% accuracy rate. There's a bunch of different abs, but uh, the labs that Abbott has the most accuracy. And then regarding the shutdown in sports, how important it's going to be, I live in the heart of Manhattan. Monday, we started the fourth month of the lockdown here. I still cannot go to church, dine out, get my hair cut, go to the gym, go to the nail salon, go to the office. So I flew down to Miami this week. I got all six of those done within the first 48 hours. And just want to end the call on this. By losing Aunt Gemma, our country's completely lost their mind. Aunt Jemima, uh, the, 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 thanks for the call. I think New York City, by the way, is opening back up more on Monday. I think I saw news about that. Somebody can tweet me if, uh, if that's true. But yes, people who live in Manhattan have been living in a, uh, in, in a crazy environment compared to most of the rest of us in this country. And as he just mentioned, you can get on an airplane and go down to Florida or go to other parts of the country, and they're basically back to normal. So uh, so that in and of itself is kind of wild. And again, it goes to the way that people experience this outbreak and this shutdown and this lockdown is very much determinant based on where you are geographically located because basically there was New York City which had a big issue, and then the rest of the country, which had almost no issue, really. I mean, if if New York were its own country, it would be one of the worst in the world, but the rest of the United States would be one of the best in the world. 
It's kind of wild to think about that from that perspective. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Got a fun list. Uh, We'll probably talk about this some tomorrow on the program. In fact, I'm going to get these guys on. Uh, But uh, we have a ton of content that's going up on a day-to-day basis on Outkick.com which uh, I would encourage you guys to uh, to check out. We've obviously hired Jason Whitlock. He's writing daily columns. His column is up on outkick.com this morning, uh, as it is most days. And uh, we also have a fun list from Ryan Glasspiegel and Bobby Barak, two of our writers at Outkick. And uh, they have ranked the 50 most valuable sports media members uh, in the entirety of the country. And uh, I'm curious if you had to, let's do it quickly here to finish off. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about it with the crew as we start off our number three. But if you had to draft somebody right now, if you had a sports media company, and I do, and I got Jason Whitlock, who was at the top of my list in terms of fitting what uh, what I do, who do you think is the most valuable right now, Danny G? Oh, if man. you had to pick one person, and you were running a sports media company right now. You know, I guess I would go with Colin because yeah. back in the the start of his ESPN career, that was one of the things that really made me want to be on the radio talking sports. So you'd go Cowherd as yeah. your number one overall yeah. pick. What about you, Dub? I think I'd go SVP, Scott Van Pelt, because uh, me, myself personally, his show on ESPN is probably the only thing I watch over there other than live sporting events, and I have a lot of friends that I know are that are the same way. I think he's a super smart guy, and he can do radio and television both very well. Yeah, that gets into an interesting question, and and that that would also apply for Cowherd is the variability of talent. Um, you know, because you have guys, for instance, I, I don't know. Let's use a Mike Tarico or an Al Michaels. They're super good at calling sporting events, but that's what they're going to do. Whereas you go draft a guy like Cowherd, you can get radio, you can get TV. Um, I tend to go for, when I look at things, like the reason why I loved getting Whitlock is, and you could say potentially I overvalue, I want guys who are good at everything. So I want a guy who can do writing, who can do radio, and who can do TV. I want a guy who can get me, you know, check three boxes for me if I'm trying to think about value for media companies. But if you're you know, out there and you're like, hey, I care desperately about the NFL, so Tony Romo is going to be my guy. This is what makes this kind of fun to rank them and basically be doing your own draft. Who would you take, Brian Finley? You know, Clay, I on top of the names that you were talking about, I like Adam Schefter just from a news-gathering standpoint and yep. how dominant the NFL is just as a force in this country and the world. Yeah, I mean, look, and there, there, there's an argument. Those guys are on the list, too. Adam Schefter and Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, by and large, Schefter owns the NFL, and by and large, Woj owns the NBA. And so if you can get an information broker like that who's constantly breaking news, that gives you the ability to spin it out going forward and have more, uh, more ability there. It's certainly fascinating to, uh, to think about. What about you, Roberto? Who would you draft? I'll take Danny G. No. I mean, that, that's a smart move to, to, to draft your boss. Probably good for your job status in general. I, I, SVP, man. I love SVP. Yeah. 
I think it's kind of interesting. So the list is up. We're gonna I'll run through the list probably on tomorrow's show. Maybe maybe I'll give you the top ten actually when we come back to uh, to start off hour number three, and then we're gonna be joined by Marco Rubio, senator from Florida, who is introducing legislation today to theoretically make name, image, and likeness so that players can make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Now, one of the interesting things about this is you talk to a lot of coaches. A lot of guys are getting paid already to be in college. And if you look at some of the scandal stories that have come out surrounding college basketball, I think there's a lot of people turning a blind eye to what top recruits are actually getting paid already. Some of these guys go to college because they're going to make way more in college than they would in uh, in you know the G League, for instance, to play basketball. But I do think we need a standardized rule if every different state is starting to pass and get signed name, image, and likeness rules. You can't have a rule that applies for Florida and it's different in Texas and it's different in New York and it's different in California and Minnesota and everywhere else. There does need to be a, uh, a standard that applies, I think, evenly everywhere. And so we're going to talk about that with him as well. But when we return, I will give you, according to Ryan Glass-Peagle and Bobby Barak, who we are going to have on the program tomorrow to talk about their list of the 50 most valuable people in the sports media industry, I will give you their top 10 Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We'll see what happens with Major League Baseball. I was texting with the buddies yesterday and then about the latest ring around uh, the roses here uh, proposal, whether or not something's going to happen. or It's all so much of a lot of fluff and a lot of smoke and mirrors, it seems, so far. So I said, look, I'll believe that Major League Baseball is coming back when they officially announce that they are coming back. There's been too many twists and turns to this story so far. But so far, the latest proposal from the Major League Baseball owners is for a 60-game season that would start July 19th or 20th. It would end September 27th. Players would be paid their full prorated salaries. Uh, That's 37% of their full season salaries. And they would get uh, a few other of the details that they have been seeking. That is the latest proposal that has been put together by anyone out there in the universe of the uh, Major League Baseball. So potentially that returning. I teased, by the way, we were going to do an Animal Thunderdome in hour two. It didn't happen, so we're going to get to that. And I'll spend more time, I promise, talking uh, about this list tomorrow. Uh, But in counting down the 10 most valuable sports media people, According to the list at OutKick, I would encourage you guys to go check this out. OutKick.com, go read it. Adam Schefter, number 10. Scott Van Pelt, number 9. Colin Cowherd, number 8. Charles Barkley, number 7. Mike Tirico, number 6. Joe Buck in the 5th spot. Stephen A. Smith, number 4 overall. 
Tony Romo, number three overall. By the way, I had nothing to do with this list at all. Bill Simmons, number two overall. And uh, they gave Dave Portnoy at Barstool the number one rank. I wouldn't have had that exact same top 10 myself, but you can go check it out at OutKick and you will be uh, able to uh, able to check it out. So uh, having said all that, we're going to be joined by Marco Rubio here shortly. But first, it's Animal Thunderdome time. What do you got for me, Danny G? We haven't done an Animal Thunderdome in a while. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. By the way, what do you think Marco Rubio thinks about his lead-in being the Animal Thunderdome? (laughs) Like, his people are probably listening right now, like, hey, let's go monitor and see what they're talking about. And I'm about to say, okay, straight from the Animal Thunderdome, (laughs) we go to the United States Senate, but uh, fire away. I'm sure he would love it because I have two Florida stories today. There you go. Let's start with Diego, though. Diego. A a few months back, I did a story on Diego, the world-famous stud tortoise, as he was preparing to retire. Well, as seen on outkick.com Diego's back in the news his retirement is now official now he saved his giant tortoise species if you don't know about his story he's going to go down in the record books for fathering around 40% of the entire species around 50 years ago he's the Genghis Khan of turtles (laughs) yes there were only two males and 12 females of his specific species in Spain Uh, but they were too spread out to reproduce. So they brought in Diego to get busy, literally. He is responsible for more than 2,000 giant tortoises. He saved the species by having sex. (laughs) That's like a lot of men's dreams out there. What, by the way, if you had to pick two people to repopulate the earth, (laughs) what would be the best male and female? We can do a whole hour on this. Let's save that one. Who would be the best male and female? Open up phone lines. Best male and female to repopulate the earth. Who would we want to be our Diego? You don't need an answer right yeah. now. Just think about it. Yeah. All right. That, that, I was going to go straight to the to the female choices there. Yeah, but, right. All right. By the way, scientists say that Diego is a straight-to-the-point kind of guy who was quite aggressive, active, and vocal in his mating habits. Good for Diego. <laughs> uh, job well done by him. He is going to be on a deserted island in uh, the Galapagos. Galapagos. Yeah. Uh, now those That's islands, where Darwin went and found the theory of evolution, the Galapagos Islands. You're right. And it's in the Pacific Ocean, uh, west of the coast of Ecuador. He's ready to just retire. Yeah, he's going to kick it by himself. Hopefully they put some fine female tortoises there on the island for him. And how does that work, Clay? Because he's responsible now for all of those giant tortoises there. So, like, you know what I mean? Is he hooking up with family? Uh, that's a that's a dark turn. I know. I hope the tortoise population isn't filled with incest. <laughs> it's like ancient. It's like uh, the the royal kingdoms back in the day. All right, let's uh, let's go to Florida. Gotta love this headline. Florida man fist fights alligator to save his dog. Oh, there we go. I didn't. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, here's News Eight with the story. The gator grabbed the dog by the front arm and uh, dragged him into the water. There, Trent Waddell and his dog Loki are recovering after a Monday morning walk on his Wesley Chapel farm turned vicious. Dog had his front paws in the river here that swelled after after all the rain, and the dog. Uh, 
was attacked by a gator. According to Twiddell, in the blink of an eye, a nearly 13-foot gator had its grips on his six-year-old rescue pup. Twiddell, a former Army staff sergeant, quickly reacted and found himself in a tug-of-war with the large reptile. I grabbed the dog's collar to try to pull him back, uh, and I ended up in a tug-of-war match with this gator, and the gator was not letting go, so I let go of the collar and I uh, got about knee deep into the water and um, started pounding on the gator's head until he eventually let go. Twiddell got away with minor scratches, but Loki had to undergo emergency surgery after his front leg was nearly severed. In the meantime, Twiddell tells WFLA.com he won't rest until he catches their attacker. With the help of Florida Fish and Wildlife, he set a trap for the gator on his property. The trapper did not have any bait, so I grabbed one of my roosters and we uh, we used him as bait for the trap. We haven't had any luck yet. <laughs> 13 foot alligator? Yeah. I mean that's a huge alligator to get into the water and fight with it over the dog. Don't mess with former US military gator. Punched no, it in the head. No kidding. Also the dog was named Loki like the yeah. uh, like the superhero. Yeah. By the way, Twiddell says he has six more roosters in his freezer that can be used as bait. I mean, I kind of, I want a live cam of this guy in the 13-foot alligator. I mean, a 13-foot, if it's truly a 13-foot alligator, that is a monstrous size alligator. And it's on his property? See, that's the thing, besides the humidity and all that. I would not want to share my property. There's a lot of things about Miami and Florida that I love, but I would not want to share my property with alligators. I mean, a 13-foot alligator is a monster-sized alligator to go into the water fighting over. And how about the dog? I don't understand. Like, the part of this story that doesn't make sense to me is the alligator. I would think, how big was the dog? Do we know? Uh, It doesn't say. But I would think that if a 13-foot alligator comes out of the water quickly and grabs the dog, that it would be almost impossible to for a man to grab the dog and not have the like. How does the yeah. how does the gator not immediately get the dog and get back in the water? You got one of the dog's legs, which yeah, they I had understand. to sew back on. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, I guess the gator just didn't open up wide enough. Cause I would think that the alligator would just be so strong that what I'm po- getting at is that you saying. wouldn't be able. Like, he says he grabbed the dog's collar, collar and pulled like, him back. Yeah. yeah, like, how can you pull? How can you be stronger than a 13-foot alligator if he's trying to pull the opposite direction? I guess the gator was just trying to get a nibble on the dog at first, but a bad mistake by the gator Yeah, he picked the wrong guy to mess with. He did. All right, another Florida story here. A python hunter in Florida said he might have a new record on his hands after bagging a 17-foot snake that put up a fierce fight. Martin County Trapping and Wildlife Rescue owner Mike Kimmel, known as the Python Cowboy, posted photos and videos to his IG account showing his struggle with this python and the injuries that followed the successful capture. Kimmel said the snake left him bleeding from his arm. This ain't good. I think she got an artery, he says. The the hunter's injury was treated, and the Burmese python captured on uh, Everglades Spoil Island in the Francis S. Taylor Wildlife Management Area was euthanized. The snake measuring more than 17 feet long and weighing about 150 pounds may be a new record. Kimmel says he's waiting to hear back from state officials on whether it is a record. Yeah, that I mean, 17 feet, that is longer than, what is a free throw line? 
I think that's I think if you lined up, I've forgotten how far it is, but I think a free throw is like am I right? Sixteen feet double look up how up. far a free throw is. I think this Alec I think this uh Python is longer than the entire free throw length if you're contemplating how big that is. Fifteen feet. Fifteen feet even. Yeah. So that that python would extend almost all the way to the three point line. Yeah. So basically, where Shaq stood way behind Call, the, the line. old the old college <laughs> yeah. three point line is uh, is almost that's how long that that python would be. Insane. This sounds like, but by the way, one of the worst jobs ever would be a python hunter. I hate snakes, but I uh, nineteen foot or was seventeen foot or whatever the heck it was. Yeah. That's that's that's. And this guy couldn't get the bleeding to stop on his arm. Cool job. Yeah. All right, uh, last one here. Police in Australia got involved in a a really strange chase on Tuesday when a pair of racehorses escaped from a training facility and went running through busy roads in urban areas in Australia. Authorities say that the horses escaped Tuesday morning from the Lark Hill Thoroughbred Training Facility. Apparently, they were spooked by nearby kangaroos. The horses bucked their riders... And uh, then one of the horses was soon caught on this video that's gone viral, running down the grass median of a busy road with a police car chasing it. The horse was captured about five miles away from the scene of the video. Uh, The second horse was captured by police at the city of Rockingham when it approached a shopping center. The horses were returned to the training facility uninjured. But imagine just driving down the road there in Western Australia and you see a racehorse being chased by a police car. No, and it's perfect Australia story that somehow the racehorses were spooked by kangaroos. Right. I mean, that, you know, you you uh, that's that's vintage Australia. All we needed was like a crocodile to uh, to to make an appearance and it would have been perfect. Maybe a koala bear. Everything would have been fantastic. All right. When we come back, we're going to be joined, scheduled to be joined by Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. He is introducing legislation on name, image and likeness that would theoretically allow college students, particularly in the world of college football and basketball, to be paid what is the purpose of this legislation does he think it will pass and we'll dive into uh, some other questions as well among them does he think kyle trask i believe i'm correct that senator rubio is a big florida gator fan does he think that kyle trask can be the 2020 version of joe burrow we will discuss that more this is outkick the coverage with clay travis Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We are joined now by Senator Marco Rubio from the great state of Florida. Senator Rubio, thanks for coming on with us. Hope the morning's going well. Hey, good morning. Oh, it's only 8 o'clock, so anything could happen, but so far, so good. <laughs> All right, join the club there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, before we get into this name, image, and likeness bill, you are a big fan, I believe, if I'm correct, of the Miami Dolphins and the Florida Gators. I think yes, that's sir. true. All right, let's start with the Miami Dolphins. What do you think of the Tua draft pick, and how do you think he's going to do as a member of the Dolphins? Do you expect him to play? What kind of optimism do you have in the Brian Flores regime as we get ready for year two? Well, I'm very optimistic about Coach Flores. You know, just being a little bit around the franchise. I mean, he's a leader. Everybody raves about that, even the guys who have left the team and and gone to different places. And uh, as far as the two, I don't know him. Obviously, I've watched him as a fan of the SEC. And look, he's a special kid. I mean, when you see a guy come in at halftime at 18 years of age in the national championship game, you know, in front of the entire you know country and and take a bad sack, right? I think it was on a second down in overtime, and then just come back like if nothing happened on third down and, and look a safety off and hit this guy down the sideline to win the national championship. He's 18 years old, so. 
you know, it gives you some uh, some confidence about his what's what's inside him. And actually, it's a, it's a guy I've watched since high school. I'm a big fan of high school, so I remember him and uh, the uh, Elite Eleven and all the quarterback deals. So he's uh, he's got the real quick release. He's scary accurate. Obviously, he I think he'd be the second pick in that draft, maybe the third, had it not been for the the freak hip injury. So. My understanding is he's in the building, or it was yesterday for the first time, so they'll have a better assessment of it. But I think when he's ready to play, he's going to play. They didn't draft him to, to hold a clipboard, so uh, it'll just be up to that. All right, so uh, you're also a Florida Gator fan. Florida now, Dan Mullen seems to have things going pretty well. Last year, due to the injury to Frank's incomes, uh, a guy, Kyle Trask, not a lot of expectation about him. He played fantastically well. How good do you think he can be now that he's got the team, he's had the entire offseason? What do you expect from him now this year? You know, it's funny. I used to hear about him all the time from guys that were coaching there or had coached there, and they'd all say, you know, this guy's good. I mean, he's very good, obviously, always with the caveat that uh, Felipe was going to be the starter and so forth. But then he gets a chance to play, and you could just see, you know, there's a lot of things working for him. He's a big, strong guy. He's very smart. He's mature. You know, I think he's a grad student now at this point. I think he might be 22 at this point, 21. And he's got that season under his belt. And, and you know, they continue to, you know, Florida now has playmakers uh, across the field. And, you know, Dan, I, I think, is one of those guys that has been one of the innovators from his time back in Utah of sort of this positionless football, right, where you basically are putting five guys on the field that are, that are basically playmakers, and no matter if you line them up wide or in the backfield, and what you really need is a guy to kind of distribute that accurately and, and smart. And, and and that's what I think they have. So defensively, you know, I think they're young, obviously, but especially back in the secondary, but they've got some guys to play. Look, Florida's going to be in the mix. It's just the SEC. I mean, it's like – you know, it's a very tough place to get out of, you know, uh, when you look at LSU and Alabama and, and, and teams like that, that, that and, and some of the other programs that I think are, are on an upswing, you know, in Kentucky and stuff and so forth. So, but I feel good about Florida. I think the program is back on the right track and in a very good positive direction. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. We're talking to Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. How important is football and sports in general being back to the country, retaining and regaining a sense of normalcy given what we've been going through? Well, look, I mean, it starts out with the fact that just because you're a football player, you're not, it's not to make you sort of a Roman gladiator, right? I mean, your life has to be, you know, your safety issues have to be taken into account, and not, not just for the players, but for the coaches, the officials, and everybody else that's working these things. So I think you, we've learned a lot over the last few months about how this spreads and how it could be prevented and who it hurts the most and so forth. So you have to have right protocols in place. That said, if you look at the state of our country, okay, and the divisions that we have, there are increasingly less and less places that become sort of a shared experience among Americans. I mean, increasingly we get our news from different outlets that tell us what we want to hear. Uh, you know, politics seems to have infused itself into our identity as individuals to, uh, to a point where there are people that have been longtime friends, even family members, that stop speaking to each other after the 2016 election. But the one place where you kind of see people have continue to have sort of a common interest where on Saturday afternoons uh, in the fall or, or Sundays across the NFL, you, you have people, or, or any sport for that matter, you have people of all kinds of backgrounds and political views have a common experience, and that is they are a fan of a team and they want that team to be successful. So it really is important not to distract us from the problems. There's no doubt these problems need to be confronted. They're serious, they're real, they've been ignored for far too long. But to, to sort of continue to give us the sort of a, a unifying experience as a country. So I don't want to overstate it, but I do think it matters, especially given everything that's gone on this year. 
Would you take uh, – so I'm a season ticket holder for the Tennessee Titans. I've said on the show, and we're talking to Senator Marco Rubio, that I would take, assuming that there are uh, protocols in place and that fans are allowed to go to games. I know you have kids. I've got three young kids. I would take my kids. I'd go with my wife to a football game this fall. Would you go to a Florida Gator game or to a Miami Dolphin game if there are protocols in place to allow fans? Would you take your family? I would, and, and obviously we're going to wear a mask. You know, some people say, well, I don't, you know, you can't make me. I, I would. I would wear a mask just like we wear a seatbelt. You know, I would make sure that we're taking all the safety protocols because ultimately the bottom line is that we, we cannot – Look, this, this virus is a serious virus. It obviously is going to kill some people, unfortunately and tragically. You know, it, and so we have to take it very serious. But as long as there's no vaccine, as long as there's no cure, it will remain a threat, and we will have infections. And so what we have to do is we have to mitigate the risk. We have to prevent the spread. We have to do things to protect ourselves and to protect others. Uh, but we can't indefinitely shut down the economy or our lives it's just not a it's not a reasonable proposition and people won't comply anyways so i think the obligation that we have is to continue to put money towards developing the vaccine and the treatments that we need to diminish and or eliminate the risk uh, but also to take steps uh, to inform the public of how they can protect themselves and, and in mass gatherings to try to enforce to the extent possible or encourage those practices but um but sure i mean i i would um obviously but it would be a different kind of experience right it wouldn't be you know i i don't think you can be able to pack you know people that are not from the same households right on top of each other so there's no doubt that the season this year is going to be different it's going to be different up and down you know from high school all the way up to the, the nfl i mean it's and and and, and all the other sports we're talking to Marco Rubio, Senator from Florida. You can find him on Twitter at Marco Rubio. I saw your staff uh, notified, and they also sent out tweets. We were talking about the importance of sports coming back. I believe you had a phone conversation with Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, about the importance of Major League Baseball coming back. What can you tell me about that conversation? Are you optimistic as someone in the state of Florida? Certainly there are teams in Miami and in Tampa Bay, Major League Baseball. Are you optimistic that Major League Baseball will be back this summer and what did that conversation with the commissioner what was it like yeah and i called him you know i mean i reached out to major league baseball i told them you know i was going to sort of be saying something about it pretty soon but i wanted them to know and then i was able to speak to the commissioner on the phone and, and basically you know i got from that conversation that he wants there to be a season that he sees a path forward that obviously you know players have to agree and, and you have to have everything in place but he felt you know, cautiously optimistic. And so, you know, I, I want to share in that optimism. And, and again, look, I mean, I, I think it is important to do it in a way that the players are protected and so forth. But by the same token, you know, I think that, that um, you know, we have people whose jobs, I mean, people think this is just about the players. I mean, we have people who work at these stadiums down at Marlins Park uh, over where the Rays play, and, and they're not working right now. I mean, it, with the event staff, the, the concessions folks, and, and all the suppliers to that that are being hurt by it. So th there is a spillover effect beyond simply the fan base and, and the sport. So, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think the players want to play. I think the owners want to play. And I think the question is whether they can agree, obviously, on the terms of how that will look like, whether it's, you know, 60 games or whatever it is that they're debating right now. We didn't get into the details of that conversation. But 
I, he didn't go into detail. I don't necessarily want to be involved in a labor negotiation. It's not, you know, it's not what my job is. But I, but I do know that uh, I just wanted to reiterate how important it is for the country to be able to have events like this if it can be done safely and in a way that uh, that, that everybody uh, agrees to do it. And so I, I left that conversation cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I hope there'll be good news in the next few days. We'll find out here pretty soon, I guess. Uh, Marco Rubio, Senator from Florida, with us. So you, we talked about college football uh, and the fact that you're a Florida Gator fan. One of the challenges that's going on right now is we are starting to see a patchwork of state legislation dealing with players rights to profit off their name image or likeness Uh, the ability to sign autographs the ability to get an endorsement maybe to post on instagram or twitter Uh, and as a result that could be a little bit complicated the state of florida has passed a law that would go into effect next year you i believe are planning to introduce or are, have already introduced you can give us the latest on this a name image and likeness bill that would allow college athletes to profit off of their name image and likeness what exactly yeah. are you introducing and why is it important for federal legislation to be involved well let me say selfishly if it's just from a fan's perspective uh, i wouldn't do anything because in florida uh, along with california now have an advantage right and yeah. that is uh, beginning and at the end of june and next year uh, and if an athlete comes to the University of Miami or uh, comes to Central Florida or comes to the University of Florida or FSU or South Florida, what have you, um, they're, they're going to be able to be able to make some money on their name, image, and likeness. And that, even if it's not a, a booster not doing it, but just the fact that that's in place is going to be a recruiting advantage. The problem we have is college football, particularly the, the, the monetized sports, right? college football, basketball, the guys with the TV contracts, these sports are not going to be able to survive long term if you have 50 different states and, and recruiting becomes impacted and, and by this. So we need to have a national standard. I don't think Congress should write the national standard, frankly. I think the NCAA needs to. And so what the bill does is it basically says the NCAA has until the end of June of next year to come up with what that standard looks like. And, and it, it puts some fences around it. You know, they have to allow them to have professional representation, you know, um, Again, subject to the uh, to the laws that that regulate agents and 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 so forth, they they have to require disclosures so that uh, to both the university and and the NCAA, so we know who's compensating players and so forth. It has to preserve their amateur status. It has to um, it has to have appropriate measures in place to make sure that it's not part of recruiting or that boosters are not you know getting involved in this at the front end, going after high school athletes. But other than that, it's up to them to design it. If they do not design it by June 30th, then the Federal Trade Commission is empowered uh, to, uh, to authorize rules uh, under the unfair deceptive practices statute. So, um, you know, that, that is, uh, and, and it, but it would preempt the state law. So now you would have a national standard across the board for all 50 states as opposed to this patchwork, which I think would be, you know, devastating. I, I just say this to people, the debate about whether or not athletes who are amateurs should be able to earn compensation for their name, their image, and their likeness, that, that's no longer the issue. That, that's happening. State, two state, two big states, two of the three largest states in the country have now passed a law allowing that. The only issue now that remains is, are we going to have 50 different laws out there about how it's regulated, or are we going to have a uniform and even playing field? And if we don't have a uniform and even playing field, I think it will severely damage college athletics up and down, all the sports, including the ones that may not generate a lot of revenue, but depend on the revenue from the, others, from the other sports. What are you hearing from Democrats, Republicans? Does this seem to be a partisan an issue or is it one that many different Democrats and Republicans agree with you on? 
Well, I don't think it falls along partisan lines. I do think it falls along a couple lines. The first is there are people that still believe college athletes should not earn any compensation for their name, image, and likeness, or that they're amateurs, that they're getting a scholarship, and that that's benefit enough. And my argument to them is that that debate is over. Once these states started passing these laws, that's not the issue any longer. And uh, unless they want to pass a bill that, that bans that, which I don't think would pass. So then the second question is, if, if that debate is no longer going on, what should it look like? You know, and, and and then I think you get into areas where some, you know, want to encourage the ability of student athletes to organize as unions and so forth. Uh, you know, with that, that I don't, again, I don't believe that that is what the scope of our legislation should be about. It should basically be something that sort of uh, strongly encourages, put it to you that way, the NCAA to put in place these rules that they know they have to put in place. What we don't want to see is a five-year delay, a three-year delay, you know, the sort of put off on the back burner kind of deal. So, you know, I think it falls along those two lines. And uh, But there are some that, that are still resistant to the idea of college athletes being compensated, but I, I think that that argument is is no longer relevant because states are already making that decision. I saw the president weighed in on this yesterday. Colin Kaepernick in the NFL has become a big flashpoint once again. What do you think about the idea of Colin Kaepernick playing in the NFL after not being in the league the last three years? I think that's a football decision. I mean, look, I've said this before. I don't know what condition he's in now. It's, I think he hasn't played since 2016. But uh, at least when I was asked about this a year and a half ago, I, I just find it hard to believe that there are 64 better quarterbacks uh, in, in the country than he is, given his background experience. I mean, we've, you know, there are people that are being signed you know, off the street in their 40s last year, I believe, or a couple of years ago uh, to come in as backups. So obviously I don't think that the fact he has – the reason he hasn't been signed is not – just football. I mean, obviously, it's the, the everything that comes with it. I've also said that I, I obviously uh, I agree on the message of, of racial inequities and discrimination. Um, you know, I don't personally agree that kneeling is is the right way to uh, protest it, but I defend his right to do it. He most certainly, as an American, has a right to do it, and I don't think you forfeit that right uh, because you're a professional athlete. I don't think you forfeit that right because. Um, you, you play for an NFL franchise. And um, I think that's where the league has now arrived. So the, the issue he points to is a legitimate one. You don't have to agree with the methodology, but I, I agree he has a right to do it. And ultimately, you know, I, I think if you're – again, I can't opine as to where he is today compared to the people that are in the league, but at least, you know, a couple of years ago and certainly as of last year, I, I didn't feel like him not playing in the league was solely a football de- uh, decision because uh, you, you see some of the guys that are you know, backup quarterbacks in the NFL and, and – you know, Kaep- Kaepernick's won a lot more games than some of those guys have and played in the Super Bowl. And so, um, you, you know, there's more to it than just, um, to, than just football. Last question for you. What's your favorite football game that you have ever watched, either as a Florida Gator fan or as a Miami Dolphin fan? What yeah. do you think about when you go back and kind of, as all fans do, relive fond memories involving your favorite team? What do you think about? Yeah, 1985 in the Orange Bowl, the Dolphins against the undefeated Bears. And it was uh, an atmosphere unlike any other. As you recall, the Bears, you know, were, were they had not lost. It's the only game they lost that season. A bunch of the old 72 Dolphins were on the sideline. And, uh, you know, and, and on Monday Night Football, huge packed crowd. I mean, the the, the – it was electric that night in that place, and um, and that was, I mean, I don't think it'd be hard to top it. The, the Orange Bowl was a special place to play and watch football, and, and that game itself just set up perfectly, you know, and, uh, and the Dolphins obviously went on to win that game, and, and, um, and the Bears went on to win that Super Bowl, but, uh, but that, that, they're, 
I mean, there are a lot of other great memories, but that one stands out, I think, in my mind. It would be hard to, to match that. I hope so. I hope there will be some some great uh, Tua memory here soon that uh, that my kids will get to share with me. But, but as of right now, that 85 game in the Orange Bowl stands out in my mind. Do your kids understand how good Dan Marino was? Like, no. You, you've no, they've met him. You know, and they've met him, too. You know? With a lot of guys trying to replace Dan Marino. But when you sit down and talk to your kids, like I was talking to my kids about Jordan. We watched the documentary. But I would imagine as a Dolphin fan trying to explain to your kids what Dan Marino meant to South Florida is almost impossible, isn't it? No, yeah, I mean, thank God for YouTube, right? So, like, yeah. I remember, you know, I've, I've played, you know, for them uh, some of the, the incredible, you know, games that, that things that he was able to do. I, I recall when he came back from the Achilles, I think it was 94, 90, yeah, 94 season. And, uh, you know, and he's, it was, I think there was like a fourth and whatever, and, and, and he sort of, instead of going for the first down, just lets it go down the right sideline. Irving Fryer makes the catch. They beat the Patriots in this shootout that he had with Drew Bledsoe. You know, moments like that. And I want to be honest with you, as a fan, I think he sort of, we took it for granted, you know, that, that we had that in front of us. And um, so, yeah, they actually met Danny, and, and they've been around him a couple of times and so forth. And I, look, they know the guy was a really good player. I just think it's hard um, to, to sort of capture that if you didn't live it in the moment. And I think a lot of us took it, took that for granted, you know. And my only regret is Dan Marino didn't play in this NFL, you know, where you couldn't hit a guy over the middle, where you couldn't touch the quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of numbers he would have put up, but uh, it would be right up there with whatever anyone else is doing right now. Yeah, and I know I said last question, but now that you mentioned that, how excited were you when Tom Brady left? I know he's with the Bucks, <laughs> and I know you have to be like, hey, I'm excited that he's in the state of Florida. But as an AFC East Dolphin fan, you had to be ecstatic beyond belief when you heard that Brady was finally leaving Belichick. Yeah, so the only time the Dolphins have won this division um, in the last, you know, in the Brady era was the year that he went down with a knee injury. So I don't wish injuries upon anybody. So to me, it was a twofer, right? I mean, he's in Tampa Bay uh, playing for a great coach. He's surrounded by a bunch of talent. I think that that, that team is a legit contender, obviously, assuming they can hold it all together and, and, and make it happen. And so he's in Florida, so he helps the Florida franchise, but he's out of the AFC East, and, and, I, and, and that's very good because I think that really opens it up, you know, for, for the Bills in particular, who I think are a little ahead of the other teams in that division right now. And, and, um, and so it's good. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, I think it's a two-for-one. I have no problem saying it. I'm legitimately happy for the Bucks because we don't, now we don't have to play this guy twice. <laughs> no kidding. Marco Rubio, I appreciate it. Good luck with the legislation. Thanks for coming on with us this morning. Thanks for having me. That is uh, Senator Marco Rubio at Marco Rubio. Thank him for coming on. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Uh, Encourage you as always when we have guests. uh, Go reach out. Marco Rubio, I I, I had never had him on the show before, but I had heard uh, the senator from Florida was a big Florida Gator fan and a big Miami Dolphin fan. And as you listen to that interview, I mean, he sounds like a lot of you guys when he's talking about his favorite teams. Uh, whether it's the Dolphins in the NFL or the Florida Gators in college football. And uh, and I thought that was really enjoyable. And so it's a sign of the growth of the show that his staff, when they're introducing name, image, and likeness legislation in the Senate, which is a big deal for college athletics, they reach out and say, hey, can we get the senator on to talk about this with you? Uh, and that's because our audience has grown to such an extent that people are recognizing that it makes sense to try to reach you guys and talk to you. And I don't think you tune into my show for me to grill politicians on, you know, the latest going on in Syria or uh, the latest that's uh, that's going on in North Korea or something like that. 
But I do think that when there are things that intersect with the world of sports, it makes a lot of sense to get policymakers on the show and be able to talk directly with you guys. Well, what I have seen is when we have guests on, they can be any guest from any different stripe of life, but when you guys reach out on social media afterwards and you thank the guests for coming on, it makes a big difference. So if you enjoyed hearing from Marco Rubio, he's at Marco Rubio on Twitter, uh, easy to find. Just thank him for going on the show. It makes a big difference. And not just Marco Rubio. If you like Frank Isola or whoever the guests are, we don't pay people. So the reason they come on is because they want to be able to reach out to you because the audience has become substantial. So take the time. People say, what can I do to help the show? Well, you can talk to your friends, can download the podcast, you can do those things, and I appreciate all that you're doing. But one of the biggest things you can do from a guest perspective is just react to the guest when they come on the show. So thank Marco Rubio for coming on. Um, and, uh, and you know, you could almost hear the pain in his voice for a Miami Dolphin fan as you try to replace Dan Marino, which has been going on for nearly 20 years now, and you try to go back and talk to your kids, and you're like, if you're a Dolphin fan, I swear we used to have an incredible quarterback. I'm telling you, it used to be exhilarating to watch, and you didn't have to worry about what was going to happen from one play to the next, and you didn't have to worry about a new quarterback every two or three years. We had a guy you could rely on for 15 years, and his name was Dan Marino. Young kids, I mean, that might as well be the 1972 Dolphins for them. 95 was a long time ago now. Uh, and so, uh, but that conversation uh, is really interesting that Dolphin fans have had to have. Sorry to bring up your quarterback futility ever since Dan Marino retired, Dolphin fans, but it is probably the number one story surrounding your entire franchise. Now, the name, image, and likeness bill that he's talking about, I think he's right. I, I think he's right that, look, the, the the debate about whether players should be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness has sailed. That ship is out the harbor, right? And I am of the opinion as a capitalist and as a markets-based guy, I believe that you should be able to make money based on your talent. So the fact that you want to sign autographs and you're not allowed to do so for money to me seems crazy according to NCAA rules. So what his bill would do is basically it puts the onus on the NCAA to come up with a policy that makes sense nationwide or else the Federal Trade Commission, I think he said, is going to come up with the rules that govern because it is complicated with a hodgepodge of different rules that would exist across the country. Now, California and Florida have both passed legislation, but it isn't fair for California and Florida from a recruiting perspective to have a different set of rules than would exist everywhere else. And also, it isn't smart to allow individual state legislatures to pass these these rules that would create an unfair playing field, right? You shouldn't have the state of Alabama with different rules than the state of Texas, for instance, or the state of Michigan or Ohio or wherever there are big college football fan bases. All of those should be uniform rules and so I think the idea that Marco Rubio has that that there should be a uniform existence of rules when it comes to name, image, and likeness is the right one. So, uh, and, and I don't see it particularly as a partisan issue, by the way. Uh, Republicans, Democrats can disagree or agree with it, but it isn't something that comes down where you have to believe a certain way based on politics. A lot of you out there have your own different opinions about this, but he is correct that as soon as the states pass legislation, 
there isn't a debate anymore about whether players should be able to be compensated for name, image, and likeness. It's a question of what that should look like in the modern era. So uh, thanks to him for coming on. We got a loaded show coming for you tomorrow as well. Dr. David Chow, who's usually on Thursday, is going to uh, join us on Friday. And uh, we will talk with the guys who wrote the list for the 50 most valuable talent uh, that are out there in the world of sports media. That list is up. Go check it out, outkick.com. Uh, Bobby Barack, Ryan Glasspiegel will be on with us as well as my guy, uh, Lance Taylor, uh, as is usually the case on Friday. All of that coming your way tomorrow. We'll give you the latest on Major League Baseball. Fingers crossed that something positive uh, can end up happening there. And uh, that is the process that we will follow for tomorrow's show. In the meantime, make sure you go download the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Danny G might read it out. And if that happens, you get an autographed copy of my book, plus the amazing acclaim of having your review read in all 50 states for the entire nation to hear. That will be tomorrow. This is OutKick. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for hanging out with us. And thanks to my guests, Marco Rubio and at the Frank Isola at Marco Rubio on Twitter. Thank them for coming on. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tomorrow's Friday. This will be OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare hey it's jonas knox all right game off we got to pause here to talk more about monopoly go i know what you're saying flag on the play you already talked about that but there's just so much good stuff in this game in monopoly go you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards the more you win together the more awesome prizes you unlock and there's so much to get unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!